1: in terms of supply, see McDonald's.com.
0: Rogers is streaking ahead and is onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! Oh, it's
2: goal! By Chris Stroud! Far post for Shearer, goal! McGlathon has a Hard deflection, and a goal!
1: Catch a Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Pummel! The goal by Yankee Otto. Austin Garner. Yes. New bats. New bats. Two Swindon. Danny Wall. I would win this league anyway. Richard. He's hit it. He's claimed. Barney Doyle strikes again. And a brilliant
0: goal from Harry- Danny. Hi, Rich. Oh, Danny, it's such a pleasure to have you on. I've been pestering you to come on this and do a My Eleven for some time. And you've always said to me, I've got to get the right Eleven. And I've seen it. I'm happy with it. I love the topic. So I think we're going to have fun this evening. No worries. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, we know each other through the wonderful work you do on behalf of Rich Banyard and his website, where you are the guy that helps with, you know, uploading all those programs in so when everyone is bored at work when they should be working from home and they're perusing programs from 1992 we've got to thank danny haven't we
2: yeah it's a little top uh project i've been going with and nearly nearly there now nearly so, there 250 more programs to do
0: 250 and how many have you done
2: um about three phases and 200
0: <laughs> <laughs> nearly there Nearly there. Man, that that home streak must feel very, very good.
2: Yeah, like yeah, 50 more days, I reckon. <laughs>
0: how, how do you feel about, like, the way the programme is going? It looks like it's in the death rattle now, whether it goes online or whether they're going to do publishing. I mean, they're still printing them at the moment, but some clubs aren't. There's such a staple. I mean, I've got loads of programs and had more over the years and i've always bought them put them in my pocket had a browse and never really looked at them again but if they go i'll be a little sad yeah i think they've only got a couple more years left to you want to switch
2: this is not going to be long i don't think it's, it's, it's disappointing to be honest yeah it's nice to look back and it's a memento today isn't it
0: it really it's is
2: part of going to football really
0: no, I, I couldn't agree more. I remember in the mid 90s, there were a few pages that had a few cartoon strips. I think Norman Eck were um, yeah. were one in like 95, 96. I used to love looking at the players' sponsors. My uh, my dad's sort of he used to be a coach driver, and the company he worked for used to uh, sponsor. I think it was either Glenn Hoddle or Kevin Horlock or both, Silver Knight. They're not around yeah, I remember anymore. That. Yeah, so he used, yeah, to, they used to, work- to go over to trouble. But- there's the um Barnes and Silver Knight used to do top e- goals at the same time. Exactly right. And my dad used to do those coaches back in the day. And I used to love looking at the away team information. I'll miss all that. I'll miss all that. <laughs> and yeah. it, it's, it's nuts because, I mean, I think one of the greatest things about squad numbers is that w- one thing I really used to hate when I was a kid was when you would see the predicted lineup, which was inevitably the lineup from the week before. But, you know, Swindon signed Neil Webb alone, and you know he's not going to be there. And it, yeah. I, used to, I used to hate that. And then when you sort of, if people collect... I've never been a full collector. I used to have a lot because I was given a lot and then I gave them to Swindon Library. But you see the the, the pencil corrections. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's disappointing when you get one with one of those on. <laughs> exactly. He knows. Danny <laughs> knows. Okay. So, I mean, how did this all start for you in terms of Swindon Town Football Club? What, what was the first game and what took you to the county ground? Uh, my first game was
2: in 1989, in March sort of time, against West Brom. It was a nil-nil draw. <laughs> and um, basically, before then, I was used to, used to, used to follow anywhere there's Man United, not in the Forest, anyone that was working on ITV basically on the Sunday. And my dad was a big Man United fan at the time. Before I was born, he'd go up to Old Trafford most weeks. But my uncle and my granddad were big Swindon fans, and basically they had enough of it and took my, made my dad take me to Swindon.
0: So that's how it started, really. nil, nil. nil I can deal with. nil, nil against West Brom in in 2021 sounds like a fantastic result, doesn't it? (laughs) It was a good result then as
2: well. They were doing well (laughs) West Brom at the time. I think it was about 12 and a half hours in the county ground. There's so many things I can remember from the day as well. I think they had two goals disallowed. I I can remember walking from the train station, passing the big billboard at the bottom of Manchester Road. just so many little things I can remember. Unfortunately, we didn't get the result.
0: No, absolutely. And I think, you know, as somebody who spent most of my time coming to games now from the train station and that's something that doesn't feel like it's changed much over time, you know, no. and, and I've written about it in the program over the year, you know, a few years ago about the floodlights and just that approach, you know, Manchester road, isn't, you know, a tourist hotspot, shall we say, <laughs> but, <laughs> but just when you still, when you get those glimpses of the floodlights, whether they're on or off from the train station was always the thing for me, and always will be.
2: Yeah, it's just one thing that the older grains always have. It's that little bit of character, and not you can't really do it nowadays. But before you go to away games, and you you find the grain because they're floodlights. Yeah, which I'm saying you can't really do that, mate.
0: No? But no. you don't need to do it. sat do you? No. Sometimes I look at. Sometimes if I'm. If I'm if I'm in a place where I'm not usually, I kind of go. Oh, is that a football ground? And then it's like a B and Q. Yeah. <laughs> how how regular were you to the Swindon? Were you like once you started going, you were going all the time, or were you like me, where you know going to Swindon Town was the absolute novelty? Um, no, from my first game
2: onwards, it was actually quite regular. Um, it was basically every Saturday game then until my, well, my mid-teens, I missed one, and um. Yeah, and then after about a year, it was midweek games as well. You missed you missed one. One Saturday game, I think. Home game up until I think Barnsley in ninety-four-95. Wow. Was like next Saturday one I missed. And what was the reason behind the miss? And my dad stopped going. And <laughs> I was yeah, my dad stopped going and I was just that little bit too young to
0: go myself. Oh dad! I have got, yeah. got I've got i just I've got a run going on here. I can't miss a game. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, any, any other sort of early memories of, of watching swimming? Because I can't help but look back now at the games I went to and the crowds that I was a part of and think, oh, we didn't know how good we had it. Yeah, um one of my earliest memories. My first game, I was sat in the North Stand, but then
2: after that, I was in Strivening Road, but I was a little bit too short to see over the um, and audience properly. <laughs> so my grandad built me like a wooden stool that I used to take in and stand at the bottom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the most 1950s thing I've ever heard yeah. <laughs> did Sam Burton play that day <laughs> oh, amazing that's brilliant what about favourite games and this can go right up to um, modern times and I would challenge you to avoid the the, the usual classics but are there are any sort of games that stand out that are unique to you that you absolutely love and look back at fondly a lot of them
2: are the actual classics to be honest um, I went to Bristol City away in 1991 we beat a 4-0, which my dad's birthday as well, oh. which was unbelievable. Um, I was lucky enough to go to Birmingham. No. Yeah, yeah. I went to a lot of away games that season. When my dad broke his arm, so he was off work. So I even went to Tranmere away midweek for the league game and the playoffs, because he wasn't at work at the time and
0: didn't mind me missing school. Amazing. So I got quite lucky. There's about, I think, 30,000 people who claim to have been at the Birmingham City yeah. game. Um, I'm not one of them. I was living in Catrick as a kid at the time, and I vividly remember looking at the um, the score in the paper um, with the halftime score, you know, with the the minute score, and just being blown away by it, because I was a bit too young to yeah. sort of be following it on CFAX or Grandstand. But what a day that must have been. It was unbelievable. And I was lucky, to be
2: honest, that I was young at the time, because if I was in my early 20s, I thought one day I'd have gone. I'd probably mm-hmm. been in the pub somewhere and would have missed it, so... Luckily enough, went by travel club and young enough to stay in the ground. So it was ideal, really.
0: I cannot do... and I've only walked out of a Swindon game early once, and that was Chesterfield at Wembley when they scored the second. So I must have missed, what, 30 seconds or whatever. But I did the instinctive thing of stand up and just... Well, I didn't even think about it. I just got up and was sort of thrust out by my own sort of (laughs) misery. But even against Preston and how dire we were, I still sort of sat there going, well, you don't know, two goals in the next five minutes.
2: (laughs) I actually left the game a few years ago early. It was Wigan at home when we lost
0: 4-1.
2: I left it 4-0 and I was home in Melkshire before the final
0: whistle. Wow. That's pretty (laughs) early. That was pretty early. It was pretty early. (laughs) It was dire. Yeah. Well, there's been a few of those. Okay. Well. You know, favorite games, happiest moments. What sort of like they can be when like a player signs, it could be like just a, a goal. What are, what are your favorite moments? I think my favorite, the goal I
2: celebrated most ever was Aidan Flint's header away at Brentford.
1: A deep delivery. And it back across goal. And it's off the line. Incredible.
0: Swindon players were celebrating. The bench was celebrating. But the ball didn't cross the line. Is it Shadon Logan on the line? It certainly is. What an incredible clearance because he's actually stepped off the post that he was marking. And it goes again. This time it's in. Aiden Flint. Swindon Town have rescued it. And Brentford are on the floor in their own backyard again. Probably the happiest
2: I've been at football.
0: Yeah, I was on my stag do that night. Um, so I was in Hamburg um, following it via my best man's Mm now wife just sending text messages and it was kind of like you know we were done and we were down and out and then we had to send it off and then suddenly we were back in it and then it was penalties and I was getting like a message by message for each penalty and it was it was it was quite the thing but I gotta be honest I watched that Flint goal and I'm envious of you know rarely do I feel envious about being in in not being anywhere because I've missed so much but that looked like tremendous fun and that would have that looked like a goal where the way end was a collective kind of hurt everybody. Everyone probably hurt themselves celebrating that goal. Yeah, it was amazing. It was... <laughs> yeah, that was probably the happiest I've ever been at football, I think. Probably oh. for the next three or four minutes. That was the one, wasn't it? If, if that penalty shootout goes our way, we go to Yeovil, uh, well, we go to Wembley and we would have been yeah. wouldn't we? Yeah, we'd have been comfortable. Oh my goodness. Why do we always... I ask for like <laughs> happiest memories and we always end up Going towards what should have been, but that's that's yeah. quintessential Swindon, isn't it? it is, yeah. So, who are the big ones for you? Who are the who are the heroes from '89 to present day? Who are the players that you know can do no wrong and you will defend to the hill? Who are your favourite players from following Swindon?
2: Unfortunately, it's, it's it's the same name as everyone else, really. Um, is.
0: Duncan Sherwin was really young; he's just
2: unbelievable goal scorer. Probably Charlie Austin because when you are in your twenties and early thirties, he. I don't really idolise players as much, but when Charlie Austin burst on the scene like he did, it made me envious, really, because it's, he done what everyone wanted to do. The way he done it, it's just was brilliant.
0: Yeah, what what uh, Charlie did is what I wanted Charlie Griffin to do years before, yeah. because he was a Wiltshire lad. He, he absolutely hammered the Western League um, for Chippenham, and then he joined your team. And I saw him a lot at Chippenham, and he was the real deal. And I do believe in any other era, he could have been a real threat, you know, maybe if he started in League One yeah, for Swindon instead of what was the old Division Two, the old Division One, sorry. Um, I think, you know, it was right player, wrong era for Charlie. And I really wanted... Yeah, to... it,
2: was, it was a massive step up for him for Charlie oh, Griffin. Huge. And it was a poor, poor Swindon side, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, one of the worst really that i Swindon
2: side. It was, yeah, it wasn't very good at yeah.
0: There were play- various players over the years that... You know they've not been the superstar, but I've been really into them. And uh, sometimes it's just a picture in the program, where it's just a few quotes that you get. Are there any sort of fringe players that you've always have a so- that you've had a soft spot for? Sol Davis, had a big soft spot for. Yes, he is. He's a good player, but
2: yeah, I really really enjoyed watching him. He's he's committed, hard in the tackle, and I think he's probably about one or two years older than me as well. So at the time, it's quite nice seeing someone that age play men's football. Mm. Yeah, you really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, isn't it weird when you get older and you start going, wow, he's getting on now and he's about five years younger than you. And you're saying, wow, he's 35 now, so he hasn't got long left. And you're just thinking... No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for the call-up. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm still... I'm, I've retired from international duty, but I'm still, you know... If, if, ben, if ben Garner fancies a, a terrible, terrible footballer on the bench, then... I'm your man. Uh, <laughs> what about villains? Who's, who's the people that you love to hate? Don't have to be Swindon players. They could be Steve Evans if you want. But who, who are the who are the people over time where every time they've turned up at the county ground or when they've played for Swindon, you've gone ah
2: no. Yeah, it's, just, it's all, again all the old favourites like Marco Gabardini from Sunday <laughs> in the in days. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of him at all. Um, yes, yeah, Steve Evans, Steve Cottrell, I really really dislike, and.
0: <laughs> He sometimes lived with a swinging job, and just really, really grateful he's never had it. I think Jimmy Quinn was that was the when Jimmy Quinn appointed that was the one which I think Steve Cottrell was closest to, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. Early in his career, I think he was really close to getting that, and they went for Jimmy instead. And I think you know Cottrell wouldn't have done much better than than Jimmy, given what we were going through at the time. Um, I love the fact that you mentioned Marco Gabbiadini. We haven't had Marco Gabbiadini mentioned yet, so don't mind it. Not many people have mentioned John McGinley yet. And,
2: no, he's, he's definitely another
0: one, John McGinley, yeah. Yeah, broke her hearts in 95, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, did. So, yeah, we don't... I, I think I've said it before on the pod, but we don't talk about that heartbreak enough. We talk about Brighton. Obviously, it was more recent, but that was a horrible, horrible night. <laughs> that was a horrible night. Denied me a Wembley final Go- against Liverpool. That would be unbelievable, wouldn't
2: it? A good one in the left as up When the park, you think it's all over.
0: Well, it's... they always say the scoring of the goal is what did us. If we would have just played out the nil nil, yeah. well, obviously we have gone through. But if we would have just played out the draw, maybe we could have got through. But scoring seemed to, um, yeah. And the kids started it, didn't fun? Oh, never mind. Okay. Well, before we get into my eleven sort of stuff. Usual question, I like to do it as a survey. Most people go my way with, uh, with the rivalry. Oxford's the main one, but who for you is Swindon's biggest rival? The one that really works you up um, before? Well, living in West Wiltshire is, is Bristol City. Exactly. There's,
2: there's no other answer.
0: Yeah, there, <laughs> there really isn't. And Melksham has no. its fair share of City fans, and I'd probably argue there's probably more City fans in, in places like Melksham than, than Swindon. Um, would you agree with that? um i think it's quite evenly split actually okay. yeah it is quite evenly split yeah I, I um, would...
2: there's a few bristol rovers fans as well but yeah, it's me quite mean. evenly split but
0: no yeah, I, I think the
2: local media as well doesn't help with the bristol city thing we've, we've grown up with htv news and Roger Malone, and even now now it's even worse than what it has been it's
0: absolutely yeah. disgraceful now and yeah, you're right. I completely agree, um, and it's a really good point about you know geographically it, everything is very Bristol centric, and we're the same in Westbury. I think I think Bristol City are probably the biggest team um, locally, and then Bristol Rovers are well followed, and Swindon. I guess there were, there are plenty of us, but we're not in plain sight. I think is um, is the key there. But oh my goodness, back in the day when we were all Championship level clubs. You know, 92, 93, when you've got Bristol City, Bristol Bristol Rovers and Oxford all in there. And it did. And you look at all the footage. It's all City Rovers, City Rovers, isn't it? It's it's disgraceful. (laughs) One day I'm going to get someone say Oxford. But until then, um, we obsess (laughs) about Bristol City. Okay, well, it's my 11 time. My 11. This is an unusual subject. And before we... Press record. I said, any reason for for this subject? And he went, no, not really. <laughs> so <I don't... laughs> that there's no reason whatsoever. <laughs> so what you've gone for, and you know, correct me if I've if not described this properly. You've you've gone for Scottish Premier League my eleven, where all the players in the eleven and on the bench are Swindon players who have also played for the current. Twelve teams in the SPL, so they they represented. They may have played for them in lower divisions, but they represent yeah. those twelve teams. Is that right? Yeah, right. yeah, and for the actual starting eleven, I wanted to include all twelve teams. Wow, that's in the actual starting eleven. That's next level stuff, Danny. I don't mind it at all. I mean, again, and you know, people can come, you know, can approach me and ask if they want to do a My11, because I am very wary of the fact that a lot of the people that come on are from the same age group. But in terms of Scottish football, when I was growing up, when we were growing up, Scottish football was far more respected, I would say, within England. And I think it was a far better quality. And of course, the reason for that is they were taking a lot of players or attracting a lot of players because they could play in Europe and you couldn't play in Europe. Um, during that stage and it created i mean like i've said to you off mic that rangers side of the late 80s early 90s could have easily played um in the top flight of english football and competed pretty significantly i would say that graham sooners Smith era and i'm sure some of the celtic teams should have and aberdeen and dundee united yeah Um, so it was it was a real it was a really I mean, I was raised on Scottish football to a degree because my stepdad supported Aberdeen and my cousin Mikey, you know, he's a Hibs fan. Um, so I've got a passing interest in Scottish football. But what really stood out for you when you were you know, younger in terms of Scot- Scottish football?
2: I think I put, took a little bit of interest when Duncan Shearer started playing for Aberdeen. Yeah. I took a little bit of interest then but in Scottish football just to follow his career. And there's also the kits, isn't it? Yeah, it is the kit, because you can see a photograph from 20 years ago, and you know exactly who's playing by the kit. Some of them are iconic. you got Motherwell with their amber, with the marine hoop, Hartstall marine. Got everything. Everyone seems to have a unique kit up there.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I, I like that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. And the thing that I remember back in the day, especially, and it's not all about back in the day, but Celtic didn't have shirt numbers, but they had the world's biggest number on their shorts. Like an yeah. absolutely massive squad number on their shorts, but not on the back of their shirts, which which I felt was very unusual back at the time. But yes, I like it. It's unusual. Before we get to the bench, is there anybody that you sat there and they didn't make the cut that you think, oh, I've drawn out a few names that, that could have made this 11, but it's very competitive. Yeah, what have we got? Yeah, there's
2: a few. Um, I've got Dave Mitchell. Yes, Rangers. He was very unlucky to not be in it. Um
0: Rafa Yep, Livingston. Uh Craig Easton was unlucky not to make it. Dundee United, of course. Lovely chap.
2: Yeah.
0: John Paul McGovern. Yep.
2: John He's Paul McGovern unlucky.
0: was a lone spell, wasn't he? Yeah, with Livingston. I Livingston, think. yeah.
2: Yeah, i got Chris Hay, who was very unlucky to Celtic, of course. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Um Michael Doty was one who was very unlucky to make Saint it. St. Johnston, yeah. That's a, a, right.
0: Not many games, but
2: he did it. Oh. No. Um you got players like Warwick Allen. Oh uh, yes, Aberdeen. With, Aberdeen, with along with Adam Rooney and uh, Miles Toy. Yeah,
0: um, Lucas Dukovitz was a little oh, bit unlucky, and he went viral, didn't he? Because he scored an absolute belter in a game yeah. that finished about what nine eight or something stupid like that, wasn't it? Yeah, and there's not many goalkeepers I could have gone for, and the one that didn't make it was
2: Tony Warner. Yeah, um, Aberdeen, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I actually saw him, I saw him make his international debut Oh, Trinidad and Tobago. Look at that. I saw his yeah, debut for I Swindon.
0: I saw his debut for Swindon, but. I think it's Flatford, it, I think. Yes. I think yeah, 1 yeah. 0. Yeah, Steve that's Coates. Right. Lovely. Yep. Lovely stuff. Um, the Iceland game, was that Ricky Shakes's? It was. Yeah, that's the only reason I went. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah, that's the commitment you show. And then he didn't even stay committed to the to Trinidad and Tobago for his own. No, he went to did he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, glaring omissions there for Hasni Al Joffrey yeah. <laughs> and John Obika. <laughs> So I had John the Beaker written on this, but I didn't want to say his name. <laughs> um, yeah. So those are, I, mean, I think Sean O'Hanlon. Yeah. um, Hibs. Um, my cousin, Mikey will be saying bad stuff about Sean O'Hanlon. I'm sure okay. at this time, but yeah, I think those are the cover, the, the, the main ones, but let's go to the sub bench because there's controversy on this bench and we'll discuss, but I'm just going to call out the names because there's some, Absolutely fantastic names in, in town history here. We've got Scott Cuthbert. Uh, we've got Jay McEverly who played for Ross County. Uh, Scott Leach, of course. Oh, God, he might make my 11 hearts and Motherwell. Tom Jones played for Aberdeen. Um, yeah. Danny Inverchible. He's a <laughs> Kilmarnock hero, but he qualifies via 12 games for St. Johnston, doesn't he? Yeah. And uh, And finally, your hero. I know. Big dunk. Duncan Shearer only has a place on your bench, despite not only being a Swindon Town legend, but also, and you know, he's not a 10 games for Aberdeen guy. He's an absolute no. hero for them. He got capped. Explain yourself, sir. Um, It'd
2: be the first name on my all-time 11, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't fit him in because he because I need to fit, uh, fit the criteria.
0: Man, he, he gets axed because... An Aberdeen player is being used elsewhere. Yeah. It is a brutal, brutal thing, these <laughs> minor 11s, but these minor 11s, but hey, that's the criteria. So let's get into this 11. And there are a few names in this list that we've had before, and there are a few that haven't appeared, which is brilliant. Um, a little variation is there is in there, and there are a few I can't wait to talk about. But the first one oh, he's been in a few my 11s. There really could be nobody else based on your time watching Swindon 191 town appearances, but he also played 143 times for Rangers. Of course, is Wes Fodderingham.
2: Yeah, I, was, I had no choice really. It was Emil Tony Warner and Big Wes. <laughs> He's always going to win that one. He's probably the second best goalkeeper I've ever seen play for Swindon behind Fraser Digby. And yeah, he, he was just super for Swindon, wasn't he? I think his signing actually transformed that season, the 2011, 2012. I think we cool. conceded seven goals in our first six league home games. And when he joined, we um, conceded one in 17. Yeah. It's an unbelievable record.
0: He, he turned up having never played a pro game. You know, he'd had a couple of loans... In non-league, that's right. And you know, when he signed, it was kind of because we were already going through the motions of just signing players relentlessly on loan. He kind of just shrugged and went, "Well, another one." And then just the hit of the season, arguably, you know, it's hundred percent. Just, yeah, just such an incredibly trustworthy, oh, a wonderful, wonderful goalkeeper who, you know, I, I look back at. Fodderingham's career at Swindon and there were saves there were moments but his career at Swindon was more just about reliability for me you could just rely on him couldn't you?
2: Yeah 100% I think I could only remember one proper proper mistake he made for a goal I think it's home to Warsaw where I think he dropped to an end but even the goals at Preston they were they were good sights really weren't they of course
0: i mean of course they were beckford and garner i mean up front, yeah. what more can you do but and then hunting to bundling them in I, I think there's one that i remember and look at that he's made our 11 here's the mistakes he made um i remember <laughs> i remember one against coventry where he kind of went i think oh who was it the center forward went in and it looked like foddering was going to smother it and it just creeped under him and then the lad who used to play for Bournemouth, he plays for Weymouth now. I can't remember his name. Um he just he just tapped it into an empty net but it doesn't really matter, does it? We drew that one Branco yeah. equalised so we we're all cool. Where's Foderingham? And I honestly when he went to Rangers, I thought he was gonna really really kick on. Um and then it seemed like Steve Steven Gerard just didn't rate him, did he to be honest? No, it's a shame. Yeah it's a
2: shame because he's a top top goalkeeper.
0: Yeah, and I really wanted him to get that Premier League game um, that season, but he didn't get it uh, even when they were down and out. And I think he's I think he's yeah. their first team now, isn't he? I think so, yeah.
2: As far as I know, he is, yeah.
0: One of the best. And, you know, we never really recovered, even though, you know, we like Vigarou, um, but he was nowhere spottering him. It, was, it wasn't even close in the end, was it? Not even close. Right back. I don't think there was much choice on this one either. Yeah. Uh, two times, ta- well... Three if you count a loan spell, but two town spells for this one. Uh, 139 appearances, and then he had a combined 35 games for Celtic and Dundee United, where he spent a bit of time on loan. A uh, friend of the pod, Paul Caddis. Yeah, it
2: had to be Paul Caddis at right back. 100%. It was just a great servant for the club, really, isn't he? Um, a great professional, especially in the second spell. You could see his quality really, really shone through. It's Done everything right. Is a as a professional footballer really for Swindon. And not much more you can say about that, really. Um only man to win two championships, football league championships with Swindon. It's just a really, really great man, really. Just really over the moon with his contribution to Swindon. Yeah, he, he,
0: he had really four, four seasons for Swindon, two championships and two relegations, which is a bit odd, isn't it? And we don't talk about <laughs> the relegations, do we? But no, no I mean I know that caddis is hugely proud of the fact that he's the only he's the only swindon player to have won two league you know two titles yeah because obviously during our glory days under makari our dealers and Hoddle, we were playoff specialists not a championship so coldwood got his fourth division but he never led us to top of the table in any of the others so paul caddis um, experienced that when very few did, which is this is crazy when you think about it, given our long history. But again, another player there where you kind of the moments you remember are the celebrations with Simon Ferry, and just again yeah. as a footballer, just reliability. And you know, he, yeah. he still had the brain in his latter stages at Swindon, but it just it just wasn't working for him. And there was clearly, you know trouble behind the scenes with various yeah. players where they just you know it just wasn't happening and I, I won't hold many players accountable to that um but that guy would still be making the tea at swindon if if he felt that it, it would make a difference and I think that considering how successful he was at Birmingham too that goes a long way that it's still little old swindon that um captures his heart isn't it
2: yeah it is. I think his first home game back was against, I think, Mansfield. And I think he hit the post. With he hit the post, didn't he? Top. Yeah. I oh, really, really wish I would have gone in. It probably Had an would, unbelievable moment.
0: He probably would have retired there and then. Just walked <laughs> off. So. See you later, everyone. Um, yeah, brilliant. Um, big fan of Paul Cadis. Next one is not a player we get in these lists, but he is a friend of the pod. So I'm really happy to see him. there. He played 50 times for Swindon, um, which was way more than I thought he had played. Um, but he also played a combined 14 league appearances for Livingston, Dundee United and Ross County. I think his Wikipedia page is a bit generous to his uh, career at Livingston, um, but it's Grant Smith. What could have been. It is Grant Smith. It is what could have been. i um... He didn't really make the team properly, did he, in
2: his first season with Swindon? Mm-hmm. Um, very successful, but in second season, he just really, really caught on fire. I think he scored 10 goals in the second season at Swindon, made the team regularly, and he looked a real, real good prospect. Really good prospect.
0: He played everywhere, is my memory of, of yeah. A- and this is why he's at the left back role um, for this one, but obviously he played in a more attacking role. And I think he'd play anywhere if he was if it meant he got a few games. But yeah, it was it was again my memories of him being drafted in for the playoffs. Um, he came in like having barely played; it felt like, and then suddenly he was starting right. against Brighton, where he played pretty well. And then then he kicked on, became you know. I think he was essentially like the wingman contributing to, like you said, 10 goals. And then he left. He left when, had he stayed at Swindon, maybe on less money, he might have become a 100 plus game sort of person. And then Bristol City didn't work out and he kind of dotted about, didn't he? Which was a shame, but he's still in the game. I think he's working as an agent. But again, it's just, especially in that era, if if a move didn't go well, it really was unforgiving, that industry. Well, it is an unforgiving industry anyway, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is, but he had a great cycle in,
2: Really, really good at taking corners as well. Could really whip him in. It's, it's, it's a really, really solid, solid player, Grant Smith.
0: Yeah, no, I, I liked Grant Smith. And then, obviously, back then, once you leave, especially to a rival, it all goes... Legacy goes kaplunk doesn't it It just yeah it doesn't help (laughs) that's the end (laughs) next one though oh we've got ourselves a a modern favorite that's for sure 227 appearances for swindon i think in the 21st century only david duke can boast more he can't qualify despite being scottish because he never played in scotland um 51 appearances for aberdeen is jarrell eiffel
2: it's Gerard Leifle um, it's the one play- it's the swinging player that I've seen play most times as well yeah and, yeah he's a solid side player yeah um, he'd make the odd mistake but he had the pace to recover and make up for it and a really good player um, scored the goal that like, sent us up as well in 2006-2007 season with the diving header against Walsall oh, scored awesome. a scream at Hereford as well one Friday night absolutely bullet of a strike and always like to be sent off as well <laughs>
0: Uh, I always wanted him to get that Saint Lucia cap. I really fancied yeah. us getting a Saint Lucia international. But what you see is what you get when it when it came to Ifeo. And you know that that goal against Walsall ruined by the fact that they scored that amazing championship winning equaliser yeah. right at the end. But that that bullet header was oh so good.
2: Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It settled
0: everyone's nerves thing that day as well. It was a very nervous ground that day, wasn't it? Yeah, it you know, was. Like it, it was more. I would say it was more nervous than than like the Sheffield United playoff game. There was just, there was just something we hadn't been in League Two since the eighties before then, and we were very keen to get out at the first attempt. And MK Dons were being a nuisance because they wouldn't go away, and that goal you could just feel the yeah. The weight being lifted. What a moment. Brilliant. Ah, I love Jarrell. And again, friend of the pod. Um, Next one was a late inclusion. And I had a whole section on on this particular individual on how on earth he didn't make the squad. A a former player of the season, 98 town appearances, um, 28 appearances on loan to Motherwell gets him into this 11. Recently retired, Alan McCormack. It's Alan
2: McCormack, and it's just a fluke that he became a centre back as well. Because we signed him as a central midfielder, he, he looked all right, but as soon as he went to centre back, was doing something else. Um, he was ball playing. He's just a really, really solid player. Brilliant. Um, good. He's storming runs from um, centre back, almost like Sean Taylor used to do. He
0: just drove forward ball and drove the team on. Yeah, really, really good player. High praise to uh, to compare him with the Oosh. Adam McCormack, I remember what he si- signed, was just like another centre midfielder. Seems to be yeah. one of the, the biggest lines we we have as Swindon fans. We all just another centre mid, and then it yeah, it worked because we were struggling at the back, and he he, he did go more central in his second season in midfield, didn't he? He, he went he more did, yeah. into midfield in the second season, but that first one, oh, it was war off a duck's back and so composed and. I was, yeah, I, I really again, another player that I really hoped would become a 150, 200 appearance. But when the bubble burst, um, well, everyone went, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Every single that's right. Oh, man, I remember That's one of the
2: one regrets I've got was swing. I actually missed the goal at Northampton. I didn't go that day. And that's one when, when, one game I really wish I'd gone to.
0: Yeah, you wanted to see him. That's
2: an iconic moment. Yeah. With also Ducane celebrating running down the line.
0: I think that was the moment where it felt like, yeah, this is a championship winning season. I know we were on a good run at that point, but when we were getting the rubble off the green in that way, it just felt like that was, oh yeah, we're going to be all right this season. This is, they're all there. We were going to really kick on, and which is what we did until we played Oxford. (laughs) But um, yeah, 98, again, played more than I expected, but we had a couple of cup runs, didn't we? So that's probably what what increases his. Brilliant. Well, that's your defence. Um, lovely, and I would say McCormack is possibly a contender for captain, but I'd give it to Cads, but um, I'll let you decide that. Let's go into the right side of midfield then, so 126 town appearances. He's been in this 11, um, in our 11 series quite a few times. 144 appearances for good era Rangers. It's Mark Walters. It's probably Steve McMahon's the
2: best player that you probably signed, to be honest, Mark Walters, He was as above most players, even probably in that league, to be honest. Yeah, it's just a shame that Swindon on the downward spoil. Yeah, because yeah. he, he stood out as a was a really really top player.
0: Yeah, and, it, and he it, seemed to have that one trick, the one step over, but it worked, worked every, all the time. Worked every single time, <laughs> yeah. and his career only sort of ended at Swindon because Jimmy Quinn didn't fancy him or didn't play no. him as much. So you know. I mean, whether that's because he was on X amount and (laughs) Jimmy Quinn had to try and get these players out or what have you, but because he already played so much for Bristol Rovers afterwards, it just, again, the guy had years left on him. But, I mean, just... I mean, did he not play more left with us than right? He did play on the right, but I swear... was also, he could play on either side, couldn't he? He did play more on the left, don't matter. Yeah, he played on the right as well. He left side he yeah, definitely played on the left. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. But yeah, just just kind of like a relic to to the quality that we were used to only a few years before. You know, just three or four years before, we had Glenn Hoddle in our team, Mickey Hazards. He's naturally, yeah. you know, gifted footballers veterans but that's what Mark Walters was when he turned up and Mark Walters yeah. just felt like just just like a, not a throwback but he just felt like oh that's is what we were used to when we were just a few years ago and then he came in and just gave us one last treat before the uh, the yeah. 2000s kicked <laughs> in <laughs> oh I should be that should be nicer to the 2000s but it's not the greatest time let's go to the left a local a west wiltshireman Yes, please. Um, 130 yeah. town appearances. Again, qualifies for me saying more appearances than I expected. Uh, he qualifies for your 21 appearances for Heart of Midlovian. Um, it's Fitzroy Simpson. Yes, yes, yes. It
2: is Fitzroy Simpson. Um, from my time as well. He went to George Wood School. And I could always remember walking in and they had a big picture of Fitzroy Simpson with the Diamond Leisure Red Burma shirt nice like in the, um, yeah in the reception area
0: nice well george ward don't look for it it's not there anymore but <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> he could fitz couldn't save uh george ward but um again a brilliant player bit too before my time to really appreciate fitzroy i saw him play but um i can't wax lyrical about his performances but he really kicked on in 91 92 And to go to Manchester City, which, you know, okay, they weren't what they are now, but to go to Manchester City from Swindon was a huge deal. And he became a Premier League footballer and he's done very well for himself. And I always, I always followed Fitzroy Simpson's career um, once he left, you know, when he went on loan to Bristol city at one stage, we'll forgive him for that because it was a very good Bristol city to decide, side, but just, you know, when he went to the World Cup in 98, I don't think I've been prouder. No, it felt good, didn't it? It felt very, very good. Yeah. yeah. And I was really hopeful that one of his lads would would get into the uh, Swindon setup. And Jordan got really close. He got that professional yeah. deal. And then for whatever shenanigans was happening in the background, ended up at Forest Green. But um, yeah, a brilliant, brilliant footballer and...
2: Yeah, Can I just mention Fitzroy's goal though, that he scored against Sheffield Wednesday Please in the 1991 do. season? That's unbelievable. Uh, you can't quite see the whole move, I don't think, online now, but I think the side basically could be thrown out. And it just ended up with Fitzroy outside left foot, thinking it into the top corner. Unbelievable goal. Even <sighs> Roger Malone enjoyed that one. Are you sure?
0: Uh, he had a smile on his face. Yeah, okay. Maybe. Maybe he had a bet on uh, Fitzroy Simpson to score <laughs> or something. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? But yes we're going back to the to defensive midfield H- hugely popular two seasons two relegations <laughs> 86 appearances for swindon town but probably more famous for his 113 appearances for motherwell i don't think more famous is probably the right but he won the cup with them yeah. it's luke Nyholt. yes please
1: yeah
2: he's a, he's a solid midfielder i think he say so, he loves a tackle he played for Motherwell so he get in the team. Yeah, good player. hope. Obviously, he's famous for his goal against Marlowe. and um, <laughs> he
0: done done what else then? <laughs> oh, yeah. sent off against QPR. And we won. That's <laughs> all it took. It's all it yeah, took. I it. mean, he'll he'll like to say his. He, I loved his celebration against Manchester United as well. The, just like, yeah, the swivel yeah. of the arm probably wound Roy Keane right up that that celebration for for trying too hard. Yeah, Luke Nyholt was exactly what we wanted or what we needed. It just, you know, we were just just not good enough, were we? But no, we weren't good enough. No. And I and I know that the the structural changes to the football league is what stitched us up the following season. But I still, to be honest, look at that and wonder how on earth we got relegated that year with with those players. Oh, it's unbelievable. I, I, I can't figure it out. I don't I don't think it was any arrogance. I just I just don't it just we just couldn't get out of that right and we had that cup run and I think the cup run probably didn't help. Um I mean when you look at the Bristol City game that lost Gorman his job, you know, Fyortoff Scott and much up front. And you know they're not they're not the, the the fastest strike force you ever got, but they were all no. goal
2: scorers. That no, was quality, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, it's just it just it just we just couldn't get out of the the losing habit, could we?
2: No, no, it was, it's surprising. Some, some Swinning size that got relegated, you look at it now. How did they? How did that happen? <laughs> it, it, it shouldn't happen,
0: should it? I I, I think elsewhere, I think. Steve Mildenhall's debut for Swindon might have been Luke Nyholt's last game for Swindon, which is a lovely crossover um, of history. It's certainly one of his last. Cambridge in the Cup in 95.
2: Yeah, yeah, it would have been, yeah. Yeah, that was was Mildenhall's debut, definitely.
0: Yeah, I think Luke Nyholt sticks around. I I can't imagine him and Steve McMahon gone. (laughs) I I wouldn't have thought, so. There'd be some tackles in training, wouldn't there? Oh, I bet. I bet. Um, can't move away from Luke Nightholt without talking about his haircut. Really fantastic, blow dry <laughs> Europe nineties haircut. More of that, please. Yeah, show your legs
2: as well, I think, at Luke Nightholt. <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> a little bit of space for Frank Macavetti. Away from Parker. Not from Bruce, though. Nightholt with a shot, took an inflection, he did! Lipny holds to equalise for Swindon Town. At bottom of the table they may be, but they are made of stern stuff. Okay, the next one was always going to find his way in, especially because of his 23 games for Dundee, which makes him an easy um admission to this. But 175 town appearances now a, a well, he's a a superstar, and he's not even retired he's a yet. Yeah. He is um, selling out arenas, or arena, but I'm sure arenas will follow. It's Simon Ferry. Here's Simon Ferry. What a beautiful
2: footballer. He's oh. a beautiful pass of the ball, and it's just so pleasing to see how his career has gone now as well. Because it's so it's so nice to hear him talk, so nicely about Swindon. Yeah, because he's, he's played for some big clubs in his career. Obviously, at Celtic as a lad, even at Portsmouth is a big club, isn't it? And, to hear him talks say so many nice things like Swindon. It's just really, really pleasing to hear.
0: Yeah, I would I would say that Swindon have given him quite a lot because a lot of his anecdotes are yeah. based on on that 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 season. And obviously he had the contrast of like that good Danny Wilson season and then Paul Hart, people like Mike Grella having a go at Paul Hart and these he's just an observationist. So yeah. he just absorbs everything that's around him and then he turns up for the uh to the ticano season and he's got all the weight anecdotes and just every single i mean what's amazing about him is you know he'll tell the same story five times in a row and you'll just listen to it each and every time which is why he's so successful and something that paul caddis whenever i talk to him whether it's on mic or off he will just say simon ferry as a football brain as somebody who thinks and talks and practices football is one of the best in the business that, you know, take away the cheeky chappy, take away all the silliness. And there's a real deal potential manager there um, if he wants to be, but if you're selling out the hydro in a, yeah. in Glasgow, just telling stories about Paolo De Canio and Thomas Graveson, then <laughs> I think I'll stick to that.
2: Yeah, very, very good football as well, Simon Ferry. Very, very good, good.
0: I mean, the only reason he ended up at Swindon was because of injuries. You know, he was really, really well and highly regarded um, by Celtic. Um, and he probably would have gone all the way with Scotland and and so, but you know, those those moments in life, what can you do? But he still carved a very, very decent career for himself and he's fiercely popular at Swindon. I'm sure the 12 fans at Peterhead really like him as well, <laughs> but he's he's done really well for himself. But crucially, I need to ask, as a man from Melksham, did you ever see him in the second-hand shops? Because he, he always says he goes to Melksham. That's vintage... the one thing I was actually getting about after hearing about that. Because yeah. I would walk past him for, after work every single day. <laughs> I work in the same street as him. It's really gutted that I never saw him. No, he used to go there on a Sunday, by the sounds of it, and go to the vintage... Uh, whatever vintage shops were there. But yeah, Yeah. imagine just imagine bumping into Simon Ferry in Melkshire. It would have been weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, like that time Richard Ashcroft of The Verve was arrested in Chippenham. Just really (laughs) weird. Just really weird stuff. Let's move to the final two, the strike partnership. And I don't think, other than Big Dunk, um, there can be much arguing here.
1: Uh, deserves to be in there
0: he needs to be in there he needs to be with um you both fiercely uh popular center forwards for swindon but yeah big dunk needs to be in there next time we we need to tell him to uh play for hearts if he was to start all again or something like that but first our number nine uh 142 town appearances he is swindon um, especially if you listen to him on on podcasts he, he is our go-to Swindon guy 60 combined appearances for St Johnston and St Mirren it's super Sammy, Parkin. Oh, it I super Sammy
2: Parkin what a goal scorer he was for Swindon absolutely unbelievable goal scorer he's a player i seen score most times for Swindon as well 53 goals I saw him score and obviously started with a hat trick on his
0: debut he just didn't stop scoring from there did he no. he's a really really good goal scorer no if if he would have been a player in the 60s he would have just played for us for 10 years and yeah. just just been an absolute Swindon legend and he would have but i i understand why he had to go to Ipswich and to try and sort of crack on completely entitled to do that but i think you know especially looking back Swindon were obviously his club that was where it was yeah. clicking and we would have you know absolutely set up our side to accommodate his play whether he got slower whether he's you know game adapted and we had to you know had to adapt to that yeah. we would have done so just a really nice guy too and it, it's it's just it was a privilege to to watch him play so much and he's also as an adult I don't really idolize individuals as much because that's something that you do when you're a kid when you're yeah. sort of just really getting into football like for me it's people like Calderwood and Shearer and Horlock and those but in terms of football he had me smitten Every single time, did Sammy?
2: Yeah, it was a really good footballer. Really good footballer. Really good finisher. Worked hard for the team. Well, I've also liked the way that he's moved into media and the way he's done it. Like working with BBC Wiltshire Sound. Yeah, he did it the right doing, way. Doing interviews on playing bowls and things like that. He's, he's worked himself up properly to be where he is now as well in his, in his secondary career. So, yeah, respect for Sam Parking.
0: I saw him doing... I saw him working for BBC Radio Wiltshire when Chippenham won their league um, to go up into the National League South and the amount of how seriously he took that when you could have just turned up and just gone yeah it's a good moment yeah. for you you must be really happy but you could see he was taking it so seriously he Was He and you know he's the guy that talks about Swindon so I couldn't think of anyone yeah. better to do that than Sam because he ruddy really loves Swindon and I don't mind that at all finally though the player who played considerably less appearances for Swindon than anyone else on this list, he played 20 less or 21 less than yeah. Grant Smith on 50, 29 town appearances, nothing, pathetic, 57 appearances for Hibernian <laughs> is Owen Doyle. He would have been excluded, he'd have been on the bench, to be honest, but he played for Hibs and no one else did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but- Duncan Shearer really should have played for Hibbs, shouldn't
2: he? He should have done, yeah. He should have done, but yeah, what an unbelievable goal scoring record he had at Swindon. And to be honest, I'm glad that he never signed permanently in the end because it would never have sustained that sort of scoring run. And it's something we look back on now. Just, just makes you smile, doesn't it? It's it's unbelievable.
0: It was a moment, wasn't it? Yeah, it it was a was a moment it was a moment where just the stars aligned and everything seemed to go right. And we had like Jerry Yates complimenting it. And Richie Wellens was just getting a beat out of pretty much everyone that he wanted in that side. But that, that Jan, the January saga, and to be honest, when he came back, he scored a brace in one game and and didn't score in the five others before COVID ended the romance and I, I, I do genuinely, through talking to him, through listening to every interview, I do genuinely feel that he felt that moment too with Swindon, that it, it wasn't to be, it was never going to be a long-term thing no. because of his where he's based and what his aspirations are. And, you know, three-year contracts by teams like Bolton Wanderers, which was always going to end well yeah. for him. But the moment we had is is a bit soppy, but it was it was really I I don't I don't you know subscribe to the ginger Pele stuff. I think he no. I think he deserves more respect than that. He was yeah, I know he signs up to it, and I'm just being a wet blanket. <laughs> but I never signed up to that sort of stuff. I just just every Saturday, sometime between you know three and quarter to five, you just were, you were waiting for the the update if you weren't at the game where it said Doyle just
2: yeah. Just a, and the amount of times he scored the first goal for swimming in those games as well. It was, yeah. He used to score early on most games. It's, it's unbelievable record he had.
0: Uh, just uh, it, it's going to be something when we talk about it in years to come. It will just be like it. It'll be hard to describe. It just it just clicked. It just, yeah. it just worked, didn't it? Because when he signed, everyone was like, "Okay, let's see how he does." You know, he's at the tail end of his career. If he scores, you know, ten goals, we'll be happy. And he just, yeah just uh, he was so so good and I, di- I didn't and and the fact that when he left nobody begrudged him. nobody sort no. of said oh Judas or you know Snake or whatever that were going to Bolton. and it was just like yeah well he lives up in Liverpool so I guess that's probably right and they're in the division below so we're not going to play against him so it's okay
2: yeah everything made sense for it didn't it so can't begrudge him at all
0: so if he signs in January you're going to be like oh for goodness sake
2: He's not going to score like he did then. <laughs> he's, I don't think we can create chances now like we did then, and, but i still take him as a secondary option for Simpson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Of course you would. Of course you would. Oh, that's a lovely 11. So let's read that 11 out again. So, Wes Fodderingham in goal. Uh, right back, Paul Caddis. Left back, Grant Smith. In centre back, Jarell Eiffel and Alan McCormack. On the right, midfield, Mark Walters. On the left, Fitzroy Simpson. Midfield, Luke Nyholt and Simon Ferry. (laughs) And up front, Sam Parkin and Owen Doyon. All of these people play for different teams in, well, who represent the Scottish Premier League. You can't get more niche than that. (laughs) It
2: took a bit of effort on Saturday night after a few beers, that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I guess you have two options. Of who manages this team based on the, cri- I mean, there's not much we can do on the criteria, so there, there there are no other teams that 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 can represent. Yeah. So we've got two options, um, <laughs> <laughs> and we've got Morris Malpass, um, who every single player that I've spoke to who have been managed by Morris Malpass cannot remember. Um, anything from that time, whether that's because there's some sort of secret code that they're not talking about, I don't know um, but it's Maurice Malpass or his friend, Paul Sturrock uh, who are you going for? Uh, I've gone for a slightly different option Ooh. Ooh.
2: I'm listening I've gone for an option, a man who played for Celtic and won a fourth tier title with Swindon and relied a lot on fitness, I've gone for Lou Bicari.
0: Hey, <laughs> all right. That's, I mean, I don't know if I'm allowing it because you didn't start watching him during the... Uh... Uh, my first six games were under Lou Macari. Oh! hey nice season. We've got an owner who will not go by the name Clemente, which is far cooler than Clem. <laughs> and we had a manager who went by Lou, whose real name was Luigi Macari. If your name is Luigi Macari, you call yourself Luigi Macari, in my opinion. hundred (laughs) percent. Can you think of a a managerial appointment, really, that just sparked so much success? Um, Or just like, I can't even imagine what it'd been like being in your sort of 20s and older, where you've got Macari. Oh, we've lost Macari. Aussie Idealers. Yes. And then you lose the Glenn Hoddle. <laughs> it's an and, unbelievable trajectory, isn't that? Just insane. Um, and I'm really envious about it. And there'll be people listening going, ha, 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 I experienced it all. <laughs> well, I'm envious of that. Yep, Lou Macari, part of the Quality Street, isn't it? Is that what the name of, of the group of Celtic young players? Something like the Quality Street Gang. I think Gorman was technically one of them where like David Hay and the, the guys from 67 um, all came from, it was the quality street gang <laughs> of Celtic that he was in. Oh, I'm really happy with that. Um, Lou Macari, David Hay, John Gorman, Kenny Dalglish, amongst others. Um, so yeah, Luigi gets to manage this fine budget. And I think this this team's competing in any, this 11 will compete. They're competing in the championship now, I think. All of them at the peak? All of them, are,
2: yeah. Even if all of them
0: in their swinging days, I think yeah. they in the championship. Okay. Oh, oh man. they're going to go. They're going to go all the way. Well, some of the way. Championship will be... <laughs> <laughs> some of that. Oh, well, that was really fun. Did you enjoy that? Did you I feel- did enjoy that. Do like you great. feel like you've... Uh, do you feel like you've now been released from me pestering you about a My11 um, every other quarter? <laughs>
2: Um, well, I had to get down sometime, didn't I say?
0: <laughs> oh, that was really good. Danny, thank you very much. Yeah, no sex. Thank you. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford, and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. <laughs> to, uh, pick somebody out. Far post for Shearer. Goal! Yes! Wonderful goal
1: all the way from the moment that Hazard picked him out. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy.